So this morning, we are doing things a little bit differently. I am joined um, by Ainsley Oliver, one of our eighth grade confirmands, and together we are going to be sharing our reflections on the scripture that Jacob just read. But first, let us pray. God, we give you thanks for the gifts of this day and of this season, for your word made flesh. May our hearts be open to your wisdom and your grace. Amen. We often begin our confirmation classes with a video or a trivia game, something fun to help ease us into the morning. And this month, the movie Home Alone came up several times. We agreed that it is one of the best Christmas movies right up there with Elf. So when we looked at this morning's scripture a few weeks ago, someone was quick to point out that the story that we read might well be the original version of Home Alone. If you're not familiar with the movie, it takes place around Christmas time. A large family is preparing to leave for their vacation, and their plan is to get up early in the morning to catch their flight. But unfortunately, in the night, their electricity goes out in the neighborhood, and consequently, their alarms go off late. The house wakes up into total chaos as the family frantically gets ready for the day and packs and loads up and dashes out to the airport to make their flight. It's not until the plane is in the air that the mother has this haunting feeling that she's forgotten something. And she goes through her to-do list. Were the doors locked? Was the garage closed? Did we cancel the newspaper? And she suddenly realizes that in the rush of leaving, Kevin, their youngest child, was left behind. And the rest of the movie deals with his antics as he copes with being alone, and as he foils the efforts of two burglars from robbing the house. Kevin, who began the movie unable to tie his shoes and unable to pack his own suitcase, quickly learns to become independent. In our story this morning, 12-year-old Jesus was also found left behind in a big city. This morning, Jesus is no longer an infant tender and mild, but a boy of 12. We are no longer in Bethlehem, but in Jerusalem. Jesus' parents are no longer gathered around in silent adoration, but they are vexed and frustrated and perhaps even a little bit miffed that they're having to make this journey all the way back to Jerusalem to search for their lost son only to find him waxing eloquent in the temple. Aside from the birth narratives of Jesus, we really don't get many stories of Jesus as a child. And this is the one and only story of Jesus as a preteen. He's the same age as many of our sixth and seventh graders, and Ainsley, I know you, and the Compromands are an eighth. I find it fun to imagine Jesus as a preteen. And, honestly, he's not unlike some teens that I have spent time with over the years. Having led many middle school trips, I've never lost a youth or left one behind, knock on hardwood. 
But without fail, and Ainsley, this is not you, but there's always at least one youth who loses track of where they're supposed to be and where they're supposed to be doing. Someone grabs, something grabs their attention and they're preoccupied so much so that they aren't aware of what the rest of the group is doing or that it's time to move on. There's something so ordinary about who Jesus is. And yet we know that Jesus is also extraordinary and we begin to see some of these glimpses in the story. So I'm delighted to have Ainsley with you, with you with us this morning, an ordinary everyday teen, reflecting on this passage about who Jesus is and what this story might have to do with us in our lives today. So first let's begin if you'll introduce yourself and let's start with this question, what do you notice about the story? Hi, my name is Ainsley Oliver, and I've been going to Montview my whole life and have been in confirmation class for these past four months. When Jesus' parents eventually found him after their travel group had left, he was in a temple in Jerusalem, discussing and teaching the rabbis about God. They were surprised by his knowledge on the subject, especially because of his young age. Jesus said to his shocked parents, Did you not know that I would be in my father's house? Jesus considered God to be his parent, so he must have felt a very close connection with God. So a few weeks ago, you may remember that we began confirmation by watching a video of the Christmas story being told or perhaps retold by young children. These children were asked to tell the story of Jesus' birth in their own words, and they captured their insights and their imaginations and put this on video. When they get to the part of Jesus' birth, Mary lays him in an animal trough. And then a child's voice, around three or four, comes on and declares that they called the baby Jesus and they loved him. And then my favorite line, the little girl goes on to say with some excitement that he has two daddies, God and Joseph, who both needed to look after the baby. I find this to be a wonderful image of God and Joseph both as parents. And I wonder if God God as parent is an image that you relate to and how you find connection with God. I think that God has parental aspects, but God is also bigger than that. I experience love from my family, and I also experience that love from God. However, when my parents aren't there, I can turn to God for guidance. I find connection with God through service. This past summer, I went on the Montview work trip. Through this service learning, I was able to feel a connection to God by helping others, but also feel closer to another community, my friends. Another way I feel this connection is through nature. A few years ago, I hiked Byers Peak, a nearly 13,000-foot mountain, with my mom and my older brother. The hike had a lot of false summits, But when we eventually got to the top, the view was incredible. The fact that such an awe-inspiring thing could exist made me realize God's majesty. I love the multitude of ways that you connect with God, that God is more than parent, that you see God through community and service and through your friends, and God in creation and just by being. One of the things that you observed as we talked in preparing for today is that this story also has some shocks and surprises. 
that Jesus kept surprising his parents. There was the surprise that Jesus wasn't where he was supposed to be. And then there was the surprise that they found Jesus in the temple of all places. And finally, everyone was surprised at how knowledgeable and wise Jesus was, especially for his age. So let's look at some of these surprises. First, that Jesus' parents expected that he would have returned home with them. I wonder if when Mary and Joseph discovered Jesus wasn't where they were expecting him to be, if they may have felt a little let down. And rather than when confronted apologizing, Jesus responds, as you observed, don't you know that I would be in my father's house? And there's this bold sense of confidence in his response. I wonder, is there a time when your expectations weren't met or might have been crushed? And what can we learn about the teachings of our faith in God's response? A time that I was let down was in these past couple of years when COVID-19 hit, along with the rest of the world. While I didn't experience devastating loss, I transitioned to online school, was isolated, wasn't able to see friends or extended family, and couldn't do any activity that wasn't on Zoom. However, even though there wasn't any ability to go to in-person church, I was still able to feel a connection to God through the online services. My family and I would sit down and watch the service, and even though it was unexpected, it was a beautiful experience to feel that connection. Another time that I felt blessed through COVID was on a spontaneous RV trip in the Pacific Northwest that I took with my family. This trip wouldn't have happened without the pandemic. On this trip, we got to see orcas near the San Juan Islands. I felt connected to God through seeing these animals, and I felt blessed to see one of God's beautiful creations. I think that many of us can relate to this experience of being let down because of the pandemic. I know that I can, and I know that I feel this again um, with this newest variant and the uncertainties that come through that. And so thank you for the reminder to look for the blessings in the midst of the uncertainties. As we looked at the expectation of Jesus' parents being crushed, we also see that they're um, surprised that Jesus is in an unexpected place in the temple. The temple or the church in our day is probably not the first place that we might go looking for a missing 12-year-old. And yet, that's where they found Jesus, hanging out with the religious teachers, listening to them, and asking questions. Part of growing up is asking questions about your faith. It's what I love about confirmation. You're working out who you are, not by your birth, but by God's generous grace. You're discovering and you're claiming for yourself what you believe and why you believe it and what it means to be a child of God. I know that it's not normal for eighth graders to hang out at church, so I'm always a little bit amazed when you show up, but mostly I feel privileged that I get to be with you all. I continue to be struck by each year's class and the commitment that they make and that you show up with good questions and reflections. So Ainsley, I wonder what draws you to this temple and to our sanctuary and faith community. Why do you want to be a part of this place? I am drawn to Montview for many reasons, but to start, I was raised here. 
There is also such a wonderful community here and people really know and take care of each other. There are a lot of role models in the church as well and female role, role models in positions of power which a lot of other churches don't have. Jesus wandered and wondered about God and he learned from others and others learned from him. Throughout confirmation, we are learning to wonder about God. Montview was a very accepting community and the way that they give the youth the opportunity to wonder and participate in the learning about God helps us to expand our questions and our discoveries. I have enjoyed the past wonderings and things I have learned, and I am excited to continue that for the rest of my spiritual journey. I am excited as well. You and your peers, you continue to challenge me in your wonderings, and I'm grateful for your insights and your questions this morning. You draw out the ordinariness of Jesus, who is also full of curiosities and wonders. But there's also this emerging extraordinariness. I wonder if Jesus is really lost in this story. As a child, as, as Jesus, child of Mary, I imagine most certainly in our modern day, yes. But as Jesus, child of God, he seems to be lost on purpose. He stays behind in Jerusalem because he wants to pay attention to what matters, to the teachings of God's story of love and liberation. I imagine that Jesus knew exactly where he was. In finding Jesus, one of the things that struck both of us is that in the end, Mary treasures these things in her heart. She senses who her son is becoming, the uniqueness and the extraordinariness of her son who will continue to grow in wisdom and unconditional love. It is in the search for wisdom, it's in places of peace, in nurturing holiness, in asking questions, and hanging out where God's love is shared that we find Jesus. Maybe we should get lost on purpose more often. And to listen to our youth and to be invited into childlike wonder so that we may find the things that really matter, the greatest gifts of God's love and God's peace, and discover more for ourselves, more profoundly, our own sense of belonging as a child of God. So thank you, Ainsley, for your reflections and for sharing your curiosities and wonderings and for opening up this story to each of us. Amen. Amen.